Welcome back to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman. I'm your host. I'm so excited that you're here. I have a ton for you today, and I'm going to really try to keep this one short and sweet, mostly because my two-year-old Lucy gets up from nap in like 25 minutes. So we're really going to just dive in. So real quick, if you're not driving or if you're not walking, if you're sitting somewhere listening to this, you might want to grab a pen and paper. I think a lot of what I say today is going to be review for you, but just on the off chance that there's something that maybe strikes you differently or maybe something you didn't know, uh, you can jot that down. The studies have shown that the act of writing improves retention and cognition and understanding. So grab a pen, write some stuff down. If you feel like it, if you're driving, please don't. That is that is a no-go. Okay. How many of you have seen the show on Apple TV, Shrinking? If you haven't, I can't recommend it enough. It, I do have to give a disclaimer, though, that the language uh, to a potty mouth like me is refreshing, and I love it. Uh, but to people who are sensitive to language, you may not like it. There also are some adult topics on there that they talk about with so much humor and just, I, I just love it. Uh, it's a show about therapists and working in mental health myself and being married to a therapist and having friends who are therapists. I think it's relatable and hilarious and I love it. I think, and I'm going to just put this out there, that it might be better than Ted Lasso. I know, I, I know. It's shocking. And I said what I said <laughs> I'm not backing down. I think it might be better. Um, I also want to have like a moment of silence for the ending of Ted Lasso this year. Um, that's awful because Ted Lasso is incredible. If you don't have Apple TV, get the the free trial, binge watch, Shrinking and Ted Lasso, you're welcome. Okay, so in Shrinking, the main therapist, Jimmy says something that is absolutely brilliant. And I was watching this and I love how he said it because I say it over and over and over again with clients, but the way that he explained it made so much sense. He was talking to this client or this patient of his and he said that you have to disrupt the pattern. You gotta boop something. And I just, it blew my mind. So the brain, which I've studied relentlessly the last three years as I've been doing brain spotting and I just the complexity of it all is mind-boggling it really is I have such a respect for the brain it is mad uh, how much the brain does it's also really funny how lazy the brain can be <laughs> your brain is all about conserving energy it's really dense brain tissue, and it takes a lot of calories to use your brain. That's why, you know, if you spend a day in a workshop and you're learning all these things, you leave and you're exhausted, right? Not because you've been moving around all day, you've been sitting in your chair, but you feel like you've run a marathon. You're depleted. That's because your brain is using glycogen and it's calorically dense. And so it expends a lot of energy because the brain is mostly fat, which is very high calorically. It's like nine grams of fat to proteins, like four. Anyway, getting off track. So your brain is kind of lazy 
It wants to conserve energy. It loves patterns. It loves patterns. Maybe you've experienced this where you just go on autopilot. Maybe you're driving somewhere that you've driven to a million times. And all of a sudden you kind of come to and you're like, how did I get here? Did I stop at stop signs? I don't even know. Well, it's because your brain went on autopilot. It loves it. It loves things that are familiar because then it can kind of just coast. And it doesn't have to work as hard. When the brain has to work hard, it gives a little bit of resistance because it's a little bit lazy. And we're going to forgive it for that because it does a lot. I mean, if you start studying what the brain does in neurobiology, you're kind of going to give it some slack. So we're just going to, we're going to take that stance on it that we have mad respect for our lazy brain that loves patterns. It loves consistency. This is why routines for children are critical, critical to their well-being because their brain is exhausted. It's learning all the new things and it needs routine ease to relax into. So this is great as kids. As adults, you can have routines that are really, really beneficial for you. You can also have routines and patterns that are less beneficial. And that is what can be a factor in making change so hard. Think about it this way. Maybe you have a new habit that you want to get into. Maybe you want to wake up 10 minutes earlier and do some journaling. Or you want to spend 15 minutes a day having quiet time or taking a nap. And you want to do these things consistently, but you find that you can only do it for so long. And then you stop. This isn't a default in character. It's not that you need to try harder. There's nothing wrong with you. It's that your brain wants the loop. It wants consistency. It wants you to do what is safe and familiar. So in the brain, familiarity equals safety. And the brain's all about safety. If it perceives a threat, it's going to go into like shutdown mode. The sympathetic nervous system is going to come on board and this is fight or flight. This is where we get flooded and we're reactive and we get almost overwhelmed by the physical sensations that are happening for us. Cortisol's pumping, adrenaline, we're feeling just strung out. And for for a lot of people, there's an addiction to the cortisol. Yep, I said it. There's a very real chance that you might be addicted to drama. You might be addicted to conflict. You might be addicted to failure, to lack, to feeling stuck. You might be addicted to the cortisol or the physical sensations that come from staying stuck. And this is a bummer. It's a real bummer because then it feels like there's something wrong with you. Like, why can't I just have the relationship that I want to have? Why do I always attract this kind of person? Why do I always have these kind of arguments? Why do I always have not enough money? Why am I always living paycheck to paycheck? Why does it feel like I can't move forward in my career? That's because your brain is dependent 
on that amount of cortisol. And when you go to make a change, it feels even harder because you're going through withdrawals. You're trying to do something different, which is hard on two fronts. One from the addicted side. Second is that when you do something that's new or unfamiliar, the brain is like, whoa, wait a second. You're, you're disrupting our flow. You're changing the pattern. We don't like that. It's kind of like being on a hike where there's the really well-worn trail. You can see the trail. You're like, this is the way that we should go. It's clear. It's obvious. We're going to go this way. Then there's like the deer trail. You know what I'm talking about? Like the deer path where it's like, is that a trail? I'm not really sure. Maybe. Could it be? It could be a trail. And you kind of have to bushwhack your way through it. And you're totally freaked out. You're like, is there poison oak in here? I don't really know. There's stinging nettles. Now my skin's on fire. If you're not a hiker, you're like, Kim, what are you talking about? Just go with me. And you're trying to, to make this new trail. And it takes time after time after time until this new trail is worn down. And the obstacles, the poison oak, the stinging nettles, downed trees, until those are cleared. It takes repetition. It takes you going over that trail again and again and again to create familiarity. The brain is the same way. It has neural pathways, patterns, loops, systems of behavior that are deeply ingrained. And it, we used to think that the brain was kind of like unchangeable. And that if you had an addiction or if you had a specific set of behaviors that were ingrained, that you couldn't change them. But it's come to light recently that the brain is actually what we call neuroplastic. There's neuroplasticity. You can actually change your brain. You can rewire your brain. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. But here's, here's the rub on changing your brain, is that the brain perceives change as threatening, so it throws up all sorts of, of warnings like fear, doubt, insecurity. And we often think of these as like self-sabotage. Like if you have self-sabotaging behaviors, you think, oh, what's wrong with me? I can't stop getting in my own way. That's one way to look at it. I want to propose a different way of looking at it, one that's more compassionate and has more respect for for your sweet brain that's just working so hard. So your brain, when you try to make changes or when you're trying to experience something that is new and unfamiliar, your brain goes into protective mode, not defensive mode. It goes into... I don't know what this new trail holds, so I'm going to try and get you to go back on the other trail so that you stay safe. Your brain craves safety. It's one of the three physical like states of the brain. And there's, there's survival, emotional, and executive states, or safety, connection, and problem-solving states of the brain. And when our nervous system comes online, then we're in survival state. When we're in that sympathetic nervous system, remember fight or flight, and your brain craves safety, and it's going to go safety every time. So 
that kind of leads us to a place of, okay, so Kim, what you're saying is I have a lazy brain that only cares about safety and that's connected to the ego state, which then has stories about that. Stories like I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I need to do X, Y, and Z before I can have X, Y, and Z. I need to be a certain way so I can feel a certain way. All of that. That's what you're saying. Yes. In a nutshell. Yes, your brain is lazy. (laughs) It's lovely and wonderful, but it's going to go conservation and safety every time. So when you try to make a change, there's going to be resistance. There's going to be some fear. There's going to be some doubt that comes up. Gay Hendricks has this book called The Big Leap, and in it he talks about upper limits. And upper limits are when we are trying to make changes and we hit literally the limit of what we can hold for a new way of being or a new feeling. For example, I hear people say all the time, I just want to be happy. Maybe you've said this, I just want to be happy. That's all, I just, how come I can't ever be happy? Well, there's lots of reasons for that. One of which is if happiness isn't something that you've experienced often, and by experienced, I mean really felt happy. Like, you know, I've had happy, happy memories and happy times, but I can't seem to sustain that state. Part of it is a disconnect from embodying happiness, feeling happy. Because what happens is when you notice in your body what it feels like to be happy, you create familiarity, right? You're going down that new path. And at first it's unfamiliar. And the brain's like, I can only tolerate this much happiness, a teeny bit of happiness, like a teaspoon at a time. And you want like a gallon of happiness, but your brain can only hold a teaspoon. So you're trying to get the gallon when your brain can hold the teaspoon and thinking, what the heck is wrong with me? Why can't I just be happy? Don't understand. That's because there's not enough safety and familiarity around this desired state of happiness. Are you tracking so far? Yep. Okay, good. So when we are trying to do something different, institute a new habit, um, choose a new way of being or feeling, we have to create familiarity and safety. And one of the ways that we can do this is through disrupting the pattern. So one of the bedrock ways to start to make changes around this is first thing in the morning. So I want you to take a second and think about what happens for you in the morning. Maybe you have an alarm clock. Maybe your alarm clock has two arms and two legs and is teeny tiny and runs in screaming. Maybe you get woken up by your partner. Maybe you wake up refreshed and ready to go. What does your first waking moments look like? Do you reach for your phone? Do you scroll social media? Do you check your emails? Do you check the weather? Do you check the news? Please tell me you don't check the news first thing in the morning. What do you do? What are your first thoughts about the day? Ugh, it's Wednesday, it's hump day. Just got to get through it. 
Or does your brain immediately launch into task mode? Okay, I've got to do this and this and this. And then what, what are those first initial thoughts? Because when you have thoughts, your body produces chemicals in response to the thoughts and you get physical sensations. So if it's that to-do list that you're feeling stressed about, then you're like, oh gosh, I have so much to do. I'm so stressed. You tell your body what you are. You tell your brain what you are. And your brain's like, cool, we're stressed. That's familiar. Got it. Here's your cortisol. Hope you have a crappy day. It's like grouchy almost. And then you're chewing out your kids or you're feeling stressed and you can't find anything to wear and you're rushing out the door and everything that follows is just blech. And you're like, where the heck is the happiness? Well, you have a pattern of thinking. And in order to try and do something new, you have to do something different. By hoping that you're going to wake up happy, it's kind of along the lines of that, like, insanity quote, right? Like, doing the same thing but expecting a different result. That's exactly what that is. So if I wake up in the morning and my first, first inclination is to read my emails, I'm going to be swimming in cortisol before I know it. And there's not going to be a lot of happiness or I'm going to work really, really hard to get that happiness. And it's not going to feel easy. It's not going to feel like it's in flow for me. Tracking? Beautiful. Okay. So we have to do something different. So what if the minute you open your eyes, you become conscious and awake, you do something different. You're going to boop your brain. You're going to literally disrupt the pattern of thinking. So you're going to catch it and you're going to say, I uh, something like this. I am so grateful that I'm alive. I'm so grateful for this bed. I'm so grateful for my soft sheets. I'm so thankful that I was able to sleep even a little bit last night. You're going to find one thing that you can be grateful for. And you're not going to just list it. A lot of people are like, write down five things you're grateful for and that'll change your life. And you're like, I've tried that. It doesn't work. That's because you're missing the embodiment piece. You have to feel the feeling, right? We need that chemical response so that our body can experience it so that we can create familiarity, right? Because that's what we need. Familiarity equals safety. When we become familiar with something, the brain is more likely to be accepting of it and to make changes. So when I say in the morning, I'm so thankful for my satin pillowcase. I love it. It's so soft and silky and smooth. So thankful for it. Or you can go deeper. I'm so thankful for my life. I'm so thankful for my family. I'm so thankful for my space that I live in. Whatever it is, just one thing. And then I want you to feel it in your body. This is critical. And this can be challenging if you've spent a lifetime distancing or disconnecting from physical sensations. This is something I work with my clients on a lot, is what does your body say? What are you noticing in your body? How does your body feel right now? Is there a safe place in your body? Reconnecting to your physical body. 
So when you have that moment of gratitude, you don't need a whole lot of things. You just need one. And you're just going to savor it. Kind of like when you have that first bite of ice cream and you just savor it. You You can feel the cold and the sweet. And you're just like, yes. And you get that sweet, sweet dopamine hit. And all is right with the world with this bite of ice cream. That's what I want you to feel is to notice the gratitude in your body. And that's it. That's all you're going to do different. When you try to do too many things different, it floods the nervous system because you don't have capacity to hold it. So as you do that, you disrupt your morning pattern, creating a new way of being, gratitude. It is going to shift your brain. Your brain's going to respond differently. It's going to be easier to access that feeling. Soon you're going to go from a teaspoon of happiness to a tablespoon, to a cup, to two cups, to half a gallon. I know I'm mixing up measurements here. Just go with me. But soon you'll be able to embody the amount that you want. And when you embody these, these more high frequency vibrations, which is what feelings are, they have frequency. Gratitude's like top of the list. When you are able to call that in, you'll be amazed at how many other things come in as well. Abundance, peace, confidence, clarity, love, um, feelings of attachment, connectedness, belonging, inspiration, abundance. All of this can be called in by changing the pattern. Creating a new path, a new pathway, a new neural circuit in your brain, disrupting the pattern. Okay, so let's, let's recap really quick. So you have this ego state, which is your sense of self. It has a lot of stories about who you are and how you should be in the world that are all based on other people's perceptions. Like, this is what you were told that you should be. This is like the good girl part of you, is like the ego state, the one that just wants to be good enough. Then there's the higher self state that knows that you are good enough, no matter what, just because you exist. The ego says, I am this thing, I am X. The higher self says, I am. There's a big difference between the two. And the higher self observes the ego. So when we engage our lazy brain and we try to get more aligned with that higher self, when we want to have more happiness, when we want to have more peace, when we want to have more confidence, there's a mistrust. There's not enough capacity for that new thing because it's unfamiliar. And your brain has a specific set of patterns that it runs on autopilot. The more ingrained they are, the better, because the brain can just do, do, do without you even being aware of it. When you become more aware and you disrupt the pattern, you have to create safety around the feeling that you want. Want more confidence? You got to create safety. You've got to create more space 
for this feeling. You can't jump right in. It's like jumping into the deep end without knowing how to swim. We start in the shallow end and we increase it incrementally. This will help your ego stay in check when you go slowly. Not getting it overwhelmed and coming up with stories like, see, you were a failure. See, you didn't do it right. See, you're not good enough. That's all ego. Higher self is like, we create how we want to feel. So we do that through pattern disruption, doing something different to get a different result. The example we used, your morning thoughts, the first things that pop into your head. You're going to find one thing to be grateful for, and you're going to literally feel it in your body as much as is possible. And that's it. Just that's the first step. And if you do that step and you're like, okay, I'm ready for the next one, then I have ideas for you as well. We'll talk about that in a second. But that's what you're going to do. And you can start to apply this principle to all sorts of areas of life. I did a a video. I just joined TikTok. God help us all. (laughs) Swore I wouldn't do it. I was going to stick to Facebook and Instagram like a good person coming up on my 40s. And then I, I put this video on there about emotional eating. And sometimes we get really stuck in a pattern of emotional eating. I need comfort. Food is comfort. I need a dopamine hit. I'm going to eat something. Pattern disrupt is getting out of the kitchen. So it's not that you're telling yourself not to eat something. You're saying, oh, I'm going to boop this. I'm going to do something different. So you leave the kitchen. And you go outside or you read a book or you do something else to find comfort instead of staying in the kitchen, right? Because in the kitchen is part of the pattern. So there are all sorts of ways to disrupt patterns to create a new way of being and feeling. So if you, maybe you've done the gratitude thing and you're like, Kim, I'm ready, I'm ready for the next thing. Or you try Uh, the pattern disrupt for your morning thoughts and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so ready for what's next. I want you to head over to kimludeman.com. There's a whole page about brain spotting and working with me and what that looks like. I invite you to book a discovery call. It's a 30 minute call that's free and we sit down and we face-to-face chat about what you're wanting to move into, what you're wanting to expand into. Kim, I want more confidence. Kim, I want to start my own business or I want to see my business thrive. Kim, I am feeling burned out. I want to be a better parent. I want to be accepting of all the parts of me, whatever it looks like for you. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you've done that hasn't felt like it's working or maybe something you've tried that has worked but only took you so far and what could be the next step for you. These calls are not about sales. It's not about getting a yes from you. It's about creating clarity around your next step. I celebrate yeses and I celebrate no's. I just want you to feel clear about your next step and how you can start to move toward more. Because you know you're meant for more. You know that this way of being and feeling that you're stuck in right now is not all 
that you are created for. You know you're meant for more, and I know it too. And I have the tools and resources to help you find your next step. Okay? All right. How you doing? You hanging in there? That was a lot. I hope you wrote some things down. If not, you can email me, Kim at CaptivatinglyConfident.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook. I have a Facebook group called the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group. You can search that and find it. It's also on my website. Uh, You can also find me on TikTok if that's where you are. Uh, I've got some great videos about brain spotting on YouTube that you can also check out, including an Anxiety 101 class that I just did. The recording is up for that. If you're looking for something more immersive, if you're like, I am ready to deep dive into my healing and growth, I have two opportunities for that coming up. I have a backpacking retreat August 3rd through the 5th. That is going to be here in either Oregon or Washington. I haven't quite decided yet. I'm waiting on the snow to see what the trail is going to be like. You can learn more about that. KimLudeman.com backslash backpacking. It's going to be so much fun. Holy cow. If you've never been on a hike with me before, it's an experience. I love it. The second opportunity is Reveal Retreat Mexico. That's coming up October 18th through the 22nd. We're taking five days at this incredible villa in Puerto Vallarta. Maya Belavia is coming with me. She is incredible. She is a social working therapist. She does trauma-sensitive yoga as well as breath work. She's going to be helping us with that. It is going to be a beautiful time of connection and growth. We're going to do expansion brain spotting together. It's going to be restful. It's going to be an adventure. There are six rooms left. One of those is a queen room with two rooms in it. So six beds left. Uh, If you're interested in learning more about that, revealretreats.com is where you want to go. It is, oh my gosh, it's fantastic. I really encourage you to check that out. That's like a year's worth of therapy lumped into five days, but done in a really beautiful way. You will leave with your life changed. Guarantee it. So that's what I've got for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited. If you listened to this episode and had an aha moment or have questions or comments, please reach out. You can also rate and review the show on Spotify and iTunes. Your rating and review helps me grow and helps get the podcast out into the hands of other people who need need it. And I believe it. So to quote Pantsu Politics, may you have the best day available to you. I'll see you next time. If you want to learn more about Captivatingly Confident, you can visit my website, captivatinglyconfident.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at kim.ludeman. Thank you so much for hanging out today. If you would like to, I invite you to subscribe to the show and also to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Every single review means so, so much to me, and it helps to get the word about Captivatingly Confident out and to help change women's lives. I'll see you next time.